Would you like to know the future? I think most people would say yes to that question. But would you want to know when you're going to die? If you did know that, would it change your life today? Well, you know what? On that first Easter, Jesus knew the future and he knew when he was going to die. And yet, It didn't change his life at all, and didn't change what he did, and didn't change what he was going to do, and didn't change what he did for you. And that's what this episode is all about. This is Where's God? Finding Him in the Small Stuff. And I'm your host, Greg McCollum. I'm going to tell you a story a story that will inspire you and help you move closer to God through the small stuff in your life. A story to give you a glimpse of God that will surprise you with its simplicity and amaze you with its message. Most people, it seems, would like to know the future. I am not one of them. Millions of dollars are spent each year on horoscopes, palm readers, fortune tellers, tarot cards, Ouija boards, magic eight balls, crystal balls, astrologers, tea leaves, and many other forms of future telling, all in an effort to answer the same question. What is going to happen to me? Am I going to get rich? Am I going to meet Mr. Right? Find a job? Am I going to move? Am I going to be happy? And the really big one, am I going to die? Let's set aside for a moment the spiritual reasons why it's a bad idea to try to tell the future like the fact that the Bible says we should should simply trust God for our future? From a practical standpoint alone, I just do not want to know what is going to happen to me ahead of time. And I especially do not want to know the answer to the big one. Am I going to die? I mean, think about it for a moment. What if you did know the answer to that question? What if you knew the exact date and time you were going to die? How would that impact the rest of your life? Can you imagine how you would feel as that day and time approached? Think about the anxiety, the worry, the concern, the sadness, the fear. As it is, I can hardly function when I know I have a dentist appointment coming up. How could I handle it if I knew I had a different kind of appointment, an appointment with death? Sometimes the thought of going to the dentist upsets me so much that I postpone the appointment or even cancel it altogether. I avoid it. How would I act if I knew I had an appointment with death? Everything in my power would be devoted to one thing and one thing only, finding a way to postpone it, to cancel it, 
to avoid it. When that day arrived, I might stay in bed. I might go to the hospital and wait in the emergency room so help could be close at hand when I needed it. I might find an isolated area where I could surround myself with safety equipment and try to keep away anything that might threaten me. There are also things I would not do on that day. I would not try to see how fast my car could go. I would not get on an airplane. I would not take a cruise. I would not go skiing. I would not put myself at risk in any way. Let's face it. Even though I know I will be going to a wonderful place in heaven when that day does come, I'm in no hurry for it to get here. And between now and then, I will do whatever I can to postpone it, to cancel it, to avoid it. I mean, who wouldn't? But Jesus didn't. Jesus did not need a horoscope or a palm reader to tell him when he was going to die. He knew exactly when it would happen. He knew exactly how it would happen. He knew exactly where it would happen all ahead of time. And yet the most amazing thing is he did not postpone it. He did not cancel it. He did not avoid it, even though he could have. Instead, he moved closer and closer to that day every day. And as he did so, he taught, he healed, he helped. And he served. He rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey on Palm Sunday, knowing that he would be tortured and crucified a few days later. He shared the Last Supper with his disciples, knowing that the cross was coming in only a few hours. He led the disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing that Judas was coming with a betrayer's kiss in only a few minutes. He allowed the soldiers to beat him and ridicule him. He allowed them to put a crown of thorns on his head. He allowed them to lay him on a cross. He allowed them to drive nails into his hands and feet. He allowed onlookers to laugh and mock him. He allowed one of the thieves crucified next to him to curse him. Even though at any point he could have postponed it, he could have canceled it, he could have avoided it. But he didn't change a thing because you meant more to him than any agony he had to endure. You see, the only way Jesus could get to the empty tomb was to go through the ordeal of the crucifixion of the cross. The only way he could open the door to heaven for you was to pay the price for your sin on that cross so you could receive the righteousness of the empty tomb, his righteousness which is yours through faith in him. Paul said it this way when he wrote a letter to the believers at Corinth. Paul said, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus takes our sin, and we get his righteousness in return. That's what the cross is all about. But I still wonder how Jesus did it, how he faced the cross, knowing what he knew about what was going to happen to him. I mean, 
it makes me ashamed to think about how I feel about my dentist appointments. <laughs> and it makes me rejoice to know that Jesus loved me enough to do what he did in spite of what he knew, in spite of what he knew about what it would cost him to save me, and in spite of what he knew about me. May you rejoice this Easter with a refreshed heart for Jesus, who faced that kind of future for you, too, then, and who faces you now with your future in his hands. They are nail-scarred hands outstretched in your direction. This concludes today's episode of Where's God? Finding Him in the Small Stuff. Did you know when Jesus was preaching and teaching, He never used words like justification, sanctification, glorification. He never used words like those to describe Himself, God, God's Word, salvation, heaven, or eternity. Instead, when Jesus talked about theological concepts, he talked about the small stuff of life. We call them parables today. He did that because his listeners could understand the small stuff. They were living the small stuff every day. It was through the small stuff that Jesus helped people move closer to God. There are going to be no intimidating, scary, or overwhelming theological words as part of this podcast. You'll just encounter things like cups of coffee, home repair, signs on the side of the road, roller coasters, and french fries, all revealing something unique about God, who meets you in real life ways every day. 